There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. In April of 2022, the Manassas Community Baptist Church of Blaine, Pennsylvania, hosted our King James Bible Conference. Pastor John Asquith, who is the pastor of the Black Creek Baptist Church in Black Creek, New York, was our guest speaker for three nights of conference. We've taken these messages and we've broken them into 15 podcasts, so that'll be three weeks, approximately 15 minutes per day, of King James Bible instruction and teaching. And Brother John deals with the history of the King James Bible. He deals with the authority of the King James Bible. And then lastly, he deals most of all, most importantly of all, I should say, He deals with what the King James Bible can do for you. And so I pray these messages are a help. I pray that they're a blessing to each of you as you listen to the conference. We've looked at the Word of God basically and what the Word of God is. God talking to men, what God says. Last night we looked at the history of why I carry a King James Bible, why the claims we make for a King James Bible are not just some goofy little claims or some cultish little thing, but things that are backed up with with good history, good facts behind them. (coughs) But now we're going to get down to where the rubber meets the road. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, earlier I was talking with your pastor. We were over there in the world-famous Blaine Hotel, Eaton, and at brought up uh, something that Booker T. Washington said. Booker T. Washington, as many as you know, was a man who'd been a slave and he became a great educator. And um, at one point, just to give you an idea, in his fields in Alabama, where those black people were learning modern techniques of agriculture, were getting nine times the yield per acre for cotton as the fields around them. In other words, they were learning scientifically, how do you do crops? How do you make this work? He would scour the world. In 1910, he was considered for uh, Secretary of Agriculture because there was nobody in the United States knew more about agriculture than he did on, on that kind of a level. And, but he used to say this, when the Civil War was over, a lot of rich Northerners, one of the things they would do is they would go find some young Uh, ex-slave, and they would send him to Europe for an education. And the guy would come back in a three-piece suit and fancy and top hat. And and Booker T. Washington said, I am so sick of these young dandies that come back and they can talk about the interest rates between French and German bonds. But when they get home, they can't tell you why their father loses one dollar every time he sells a bale of cotton. They don't understand. In other words, everything they've learned isn't applying at all to daily life. There's no sense in it. So for us to stand there and say, yay, we got the right Bible. Oh my goodness, I knew this was it. Well, can we apply it to our lives? 
Will this book fit what's inside of you? Somewhere back last November, my children bought us a car. And we hadn't had a car in over a year. And uh, the car I'd had before that, my church had bought me. And uh, that finally died. Uh, and uh, my children bought me a car. And it's one of those highfalutin cars where you, if you got the thing in your pocket, you can push the button and it just starts. And, you know, I always like to open my wife's door, but now she runs. She's just so thrilled that she can grab that handle and it opens. And she thinks that's so slick. And But the thing is, when we got it, it only had one of those key fobs to it. And so what my son did is he found that in Bradford, Pennsylvania, not far from where we are, uh, there was a True Value Hardware that could order another key fob for that car that would go with it. It just had to have certain numbers off that car and everything. And they were going to give me a call. My son ordered it over the phone and said, Dad, right now you'll have one key fob, but in two weeks they'll have that other one. And sure enough, they gave me a phone call. They had that other key fob. And I went there to Bradford, and some young man went out there, and he sat and fiddled for a while, and he said, now, sir, take that fob, push those buttons, and I did. Everything worked like it was supposed to. Okay? What did we want to know? We wanted to know that the mechanism in this fob matches the mechanism in that car, and that the two of them will coordinate together. Okay? This is the right one. So what I want to know when I have a Bible does this Bible line up with what's going on inside of me? What's going on inside of heaven? Is it really the same thing? Or is this just some story of, of things that happened or whatever? Or can this book prove itself to be the owner's manual of the one that created you? So much so that no matter how much you read it, you're astounded at how much this book can explain what's inside of you. Now, with that in mind, turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, again, some pretty famous verses in the Word of God. Romans chapter 10, and we're going to go to verse 8. The Apostle Paul is talking about the righteousness of faith, and he says in verse 8, What saith it? Romans chapter 10, verse 8, The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. By the way, I think most of you know this, we're reading King James English, and it's a very precise language. One of the arguments made for the new Bibles is they say, well, children and people can understand it better. Well, if you want to prove that to be a lie, Go get 25 junior high children from a church that uses the New Bibles and go get 25 children from a church that uses the King James Bible and see who knows the most Bible. And you're going to find that in those new churches that use the New Bibles, they all know the story of David and Goliath. They've heard it 80 times, but they don't know much more, all right? They just know kind of key things or whatever. This is a book for the person who really wants to know. Now, if you were going to have surgery and the surgeon said, you know, I can work on you, okay? If you wanted, you know, if you needed brain surgery, chances are you wouldn't want some guy just out of medical school. You'd want a guy that really knows what he's doing, all right? If you're going to go in there and be carving on my brain or whatever, and if you found out, well, he thought the medical books were too hard, so he got one that was written in easier English. <laughs> and you probably wouldn't be real interested in him carving on your brain, all right? And... If you did carve on your brain, you'd probably want the new Bibles when it was done. But regardless of that, 
you'd want him to read the most precise one possible. So part of the thing with this book is it is as precise as any book could ever be. It is the highest form of thought that can be done in the English language. Greek and Hebrew had that distinction of very, very precise languages, very exact. I remember one time hearing Isaac Berkovic Singer, who was a, uh, a Yiddish uh, author who wrote many books in Yiddish, the, that great Jewish language, and they asked him one time, why do you still write in Yiddish? And he said, oh, because of the nature of the words. He said, he said, you know, English, if you want to write technical things, you use German or you use English. But if you want to talk about a man being the most miserable, nasty miser in the world, nobody can say it like people in Yiddish can, all right? They just got it down. They just have the most perfect words for it. Certain languages are better than other languages for expressing things certain ways. English is a very exact language, so we just have the word nigh here, Okay. It said, but what saith it, verse 8 again, the word is nigh thee. What's nigh? Well, near, for example, I am near to Jody Montgomery sitting here on the front here. But there's something in between us. I'm not nigh her. Her son Trevor is leaning against her. He is nigh to her. There's nothing between them. Okay? You get the new Bibles, they just use the word near, near, near. It's not as exact, okay? Here you have an exact Bible, okay? Nothing between my soul and my Savior. I've drawn nigh unto God. There's nothing in between us. So one of the marvels to a King James Bible, as you read it, especially when you begin to educate yourself a little bit, because let me tell you something, I don't know how much your pastor paid for us to stay at that house up there, but he ain't going to pay that every day, all right? It's not one of those things where every day he's going to bring in somebody to teach you this. You have to begin to teach yourself how to read that Bible. Okay. Now, what's one of the ways to do it? When you come up by a word like nigh, look it up every time it's in the Bible. Look at it in its context. It begins to make sense to you. Okay. There are good dictionaries you can get that will help you with that. Nigh. Okay. But back to this thing again, what saith it? The word is nighty, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now, we talked two nights ago about the word of God itself. Then we talked yesterday about the word of God being a book. Now we're back to the word of God being something inside of you. Nothing in between you and that. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. Now, what do we mean by the word heart? If I cut your heart out, right? You know, that used to be a big thing uh, amongst Indians and different tribes, and that cut somebody's heart out. You, the biggest way to, uh, you know, to show that you've conquered them and uh, cut their heart out. So now as we say that in a sense, you know, uh, you know, boyfriend to girlfriend arguing, and she tells him what she really thinks of, oh, you cut my heart out, all right? And we say it in that sense, but what do we mean by the word heart? Well, there's a few words in your Bible. Heart, mind, spirit. What do we mean by that? There are things going on inside of you right now that you probably don't even have names for. Other than maybe you're thinking. Do you realize everybody here is doing at least two different types of thinking? What do you mean by that? Well, you're paying attention to me, but you're also wondering if you shut the oven off. All right? 
you're paying attention to me, but you're wishing to go into the bathroom before this had started. <laughs> All right? And so there's usually a couple levels of thinking going on inside of people at any given time. And your Bible, when you read that, actually you're going to find out that the one that created you has words for all that. He has ways that he labels all that. So that you can know what those things are. Now real briefly, we're going to look in a few moments on what the word heart is. Okay, But your spirit. What is your spirit? Okay, We think of a spirited horse. Okay, And you know, uh, the school spirit, you know, let's hear it, you know, and uh, we just were down there at the Blaine Hotel and saw the 1916 Blaine High School banner, all right, and uh, you know, what, what is spirit? Well, most of you have operated a computer before, and you know what it's like to make the cursor work on the screen, okay, you make that little arrow go around. Think of that arrow as your spirit. That computer has untold amounts of information on it, doesn't it? And it can connect to the World Wide Web. But you have to choose what it's going to concentrate on. I want to look at my checking account. Click, up comes your checking account. Why did it go in there? Because you put the cursor there, and with your will, you clicked it. Your spirit is constantly going through you. What do I want to think about right now? All right? I want to think about mom owing me 10 bucks. All right? You'll sit there. She said she did. I think she did. All right? That's your choice. Your spirit decided to get on that particular thing and think about it. Your spirit is that thing inside of you making that choice which you're going to concentrate on right now, what you're going to be thinking about right now. Most of you here right now, your spirit is, I'm looking at me, all right? So you're going to take in what I'm saying. What is your mind? Okay? Um, it's like the girlfriend that asked the guy one time, do you love me from my mind or from my body? And he said, you have a mind. <laughs> but, but the thing is, uh, yeah, <laughs> but the thing is, what is the mind? Okay. In your Bible, your mind is your opinion. If you change your mind, what happens? You change your opinion. I used to think that, you know, uh, plaid shirts at the pulpit was no good. I've changed my mind. I'll wear a plaid shirt in a pulpit now, okay? That's your opinion in the Bible. And your mind can also be the conscious thoughts you have towards something at any given moment. The Bible uses those terms. And when you read them, so I think about it. What is it talking about? Because this Bible's talking about things going on inside of me. But tonight, we're going to concentrate on the heart. What is the heart? What's the Bible talk? What inside of me that's going on? Right now it's going on inside of all of you. It's been going on all your life. And it's your heart. And we're going to look at it. So going on a little bit more, it says this in verse 9, that if thou shalt confess to thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So whatever this thing the heart is, if a person believes there that God raised him from the dead, they're going to go up in the rapture. They're not going to go to hell. They've got a new nature. They have all that. They believe that in their heart. Now, you know what? If we were to go to the next, uh, go to find some gin mill, some bar around here, whatever else, where everybody's around and drinking tonight or whatever else, and go in there and ask people, hey, did God raise Jesus from the dead? Yeah, he did, buddy. You know, and he's... You know, he's sitting there, you know, drinking beer, drinking whiskey or whatever else. And he'd say, yeah, I believe that. But he doesn't believe it in his heart. 
Doesn't believe it, it's heart. So we're going to study that. What do we mean by the heart? Because this book is going to describe it, and as it does, you're going to realize that this isn't just some intellectual exercise we're talking about when we talk about a King James Bible. Okay? We're talking about something that can get right down to the nitty-gritty of what you are and explain who you are and show you who you are, and it can be a link between you and God so that you know what's going on and understand how God knows you. There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glory.